Ladies, gentlemen, all people of the most high God. <laughs> wow, this is how we starting? I mean, it's churchy, so we got to do a churchy. Hey, go ahead then, brother. <laughs> oh amen, amen. Family, our time has come. Our season is like almost done. Um, we've got one more episode after this. Josh, how are you? How are you feeling, man? How are you feeling about the fact that this season is basically, you know, done for? <laughs> man, it's bittersweet. It's like the last day of school, only school is fun. It's more like the last day of summer camp, I guess. It's it's not goodbye for good. It's goodbye for now. It's just we're coming to the end of a season, man. Every good thing has to come to an end. The good news is this is a temporary end. But man, in our in our hiatus, in our break, I'm gonna miss it. I'm thankful we did this, bro. I'm really thankful we did this. I I am too, Josh. Like I share in that with you. Like the um the conversations we've had have been really, really amazing. And I think they've um they've really opened up um, a lot of people's insight into how to carry yourself in a conversation, how exactly to mm-hmm. um, hear things out and also just listen to people talk. Like some people just listen to hear us talk and I'm okay with that, you know, but Josh, I think, okay, quick, hot take, quick, hot take, hot take. Okay. What has been overall the most surprising thing you've ever seen happen in a church. Like Ooh. when you saw it, you were like, "What?" What was the most? The surprising most surprising thing? thing I've ever. The answer immediately came to my mind. The most surprising thing I've ever seen happen in a church is someone get kicked out. <laughs> I've oh, witnessed it. Hear this story. I've I've witnessed. I've witnessed security actually. They, they did it politely, but like put their hand on someone's back to escort them out. And this person dig their heels into the ground shouting. And guess what, bro? The person who got kicked out was sitting right next to me. Bro, I kid you not. True story, all right? So I may be, I don't know, 12 or 13 years old. I need to hear this. All right. You, you'll get the gist of the story because you can picture it because we go to the same church. All right, so the month is August. Every August, our pastor goes on sabbatical. He takes he takes the month off, okay? Yeah. So we have a guest preacher. The guest preacher has not yet begun to minister, all right? We just finished praise and worship. He's come up. He's exhorting. He's extolling the Lord. The, the music is still playing behind him. And I have an empty seat next to me. Mm-hmm. This lady comes up. And sits there. She she looks to be a young woman, maybe in her early 30s. Okay. And she's smiling. She seems really happy to be there. I don't recognize her. And I, I recognize most people in the church. But I don't know. Maybe she's a guest. Maybe she's not. Mm-hmm. And while the music is going, something that the pastor said, uh, the elder said, really, I guess, just ministered to her. So she starts clapping her hands. Clap, clap, clap. Clap, clap, clap. Like an amen type of clap. You know what I'm saying? Music stops. She's still clapping. Clap, clap, clap. Clap, clap, clap. Now, the elder's about to get into the sermon, all right? He's about to pray. He prays. He finishes praying. He says, amen. More clapping. Clap, clap, clap. Clap, clap, clap. Opens up his Bible. Begins to read. We're all standing. 
as we're reading the word, every now and then, clap, 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 clap. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Clap, clap, clap. Just clapping, oh you know? Oh, my gosh. But no one else is clapping, and it's pretty loud. Then we're all seated. Only she doesn't sit down. She walks up to the altar and just stands there. Doesn't do anything, just stands there. Oh and so gosh. another elder from the church comes comes over to me, and she says, Baby, do you know her? I said, No, I don't, I don't know her. Then she comes back, she comes back to her seat. Clap, 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 clap. Now the, the elder who was sitting next to me scoots over and she she asks this woman politely, Can you stop clapping? You know, it's 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 a little it's a little disrupting. Hey, could you could you please quiet down a little bit? And then she goes, My mother died when I was just a baby. You don't have a right to tell me what to do. You don't know what I've been through. As loud as she can, she starts saying this. So the elder on stage who's preaching oh looks over. Gosh. Then she walks back up to the altar and starts clap, clap, clapping again. At this point, the armor bearers come over and they start to escort her out. And she's digging her heels. When I say her heels, I mean like her shoe, like the, the high heel of her oh shoe. My into gosh. the ground. And she's clapping as they escort her out. I don't know what it was. Oh, but my goodness. There was a distraction in the sanctuary, I, and I just watched it happen before my eyes. I've never seen anything like that happen. Now, I've seen, I've seen parents leave with their kids because yeah. their kids were cutting up, or maybe it was their baby, and oh, the baby was adorable, but the baby needed a bottle, or <laughs> the baby needed attention, or the baby, or the baby was hungry spanking. or tired. No, when I say baby, I mean like, like infant, like... Oh, less than okay. a year old. Okay, okay. And so they're crying, mm -hmm. and so they they leave and go to the crying room. But I've never seen someone be escorted out. That that was a once in a lifetime experience. That's probably the craziest thing I've ever seen happen. What about you? Ah, uh, I can't top that. So I'm not even going to say it. But um, it kind of ties into today's discussion because I think for that person, it could technically be a form of church hurt mm. that experience could be a form of church hurt oh my goodness josh wow okay okay so as you know episode eight was a little you know fun and not so heavy-hearted and stuff like that so i thought we figured i figured we'd do one more serious topic before we end the season okay one gotcha. more um and i figured we should touch on a topic that's pretty big in the church culture and a part of the conversation is the fact that we talk about things we feel need to be addressed from maybe a different perspective. And if you've mm -hmm. listened this far, then you know we're going to be, do you know what we're going to be addressing today? It's called Church Hurt. That's the name of this episode. It's called Church Hurt. And Josh, that story really just messed me up. Like, no lie. Because I, I can tell. I can tell. I'm looking at your face right now. Because hey, it's real. I really watched that happen. Here's the thing. As someone who is every day learning to be a better minister, that's a part of it. Like, that's a part of the whole journey is learning how to deal with those types of situations. And in sometimes how you deal with those situations impact people in sometimes a negative way. And it causes mm -hmm. people to either... Um, leave the church, blame you, 
or anything like that. And so, Josh, yeah. have you have you ever like experienced church hurt? Mm. Now, let me define church hurt real quickly. Uh, let me yeah, I think we hurt. should start with that. Okay, let's define it. What so, is church hurt? So, church hurt can easily can be easily defined as any type of negative experience occurring while a member of a religious institution or by members of that institution. Mm. So that's what that's what I believe church hurt can be defined as. Got and you. that's Got how you can experience it. Mm-hmm. So so to you, have you ever experienced church hurt? No. No, honestly, wow. I, I can't say that I've experienced church hurt because I have never felt offended or suppressed or hurt by a member of the church while in the church or by a church leader. Now, as a kid, I had beef with a couple people in children's church. We call it Joe's Place at my church. It was a couple kids that I just didn't like. Um, was I one of those I would kids? Say that I, no, no, I actually liked you. We was we was tight. We were okay. good. I was we just making good. sure. I thought we were cool, but I didn't know if you had yeah, we were cool. beef. Nah. But never by a leader or a member of a church in the traditional mm-hmm. sense, according to your definition, have I been offended? Now, I'll say this. There is there's a pain that I've dealt with in my life as a result of being in the church. Mm. But it was because I got labeled as a church boy. Yeah. Because yeah. I knew the word, because I loved praise and worship, because I was very passionate about the word. In, in school, even in church, even in church, but especially in school and around my friends outside of church and school, I was made fun of for that. Yeah. Like, you're the preacher kid. Yep. You can't hang. That's how it You're works. nerdy. You're weird. Why are you always talking about Jesus? Like, I was a Jesus freak. And yeah. it was m- more so than it was just me regurgitating the scriptures and spitting a whole bunch of biblical knowledge. It was just the quote unquote churchy side of me. Like the fact that I know these songs and I'm not allowed to watch these shows and I don't know those songs because I grew up in this Christian bubble. Mm -hmm. I got fleck, but it wasn't the church's fault. If that makes sense. Yeah, man. But what about you, man? Have you ever experienced church hurt? (laughs) Um, Yes, I've experienced church hurt from one, two, three, four, four different ministries. All right, four different ministries. Wow. I have experienced church hurt. Now, a lot of people are like, "You've experienced church hurt that many times, and you still went back." Oh my goodness, because it was that it was either an offense by that particular person, but it had nothing to do with what the Lord was doing during that time. A lot of times people get people mix church and the Lord in this, this, this same category when they're not you here's, here's, here's the example. My dad, all well, someone always used, you get mad at one McDonald's on Cleveland Avenue, Right. That mm-hmm. ain't got nothing to do with your experience at the McDonald's in Easton. Facts. You still okay. go back. But when it comes to the church, people are like, you know, that one church was it was just so rude. I ain't never going back to another church again. Baby, mm-hmm. let me talk to you real quickly. Um, 
that may have not just been that may have not been the season or the place for you but it may have been for someone else so um i have been treasured by the home my, by my own family um by people who i considered family um the whole nine is what i've i've unfortunately had to be had had to endure um you know but there, I believe there are different types of church, church. Okay, so um, you can be you can be hurt by the members of the church, and then maybe the pastor doesn't deal with it in the way that you would want them to, or it can be from the leader of that institution that you experienced that hurt from. But there are mm, still okay. ways that you can deal with those situations. And I, I was talking to someone the other day. I was like, you know, sometimes I wonder why God had to put me through what I went through. But then now at this podcast, I'm able to explain what I went through and give someone maybe the advice they need for how to deal with those situations. Mm -hmm. So I think whenever That's it good. comes to dealing with any type of hurt or pain that comes from a particular ministry or being in ministry, and especially for me, I started I started this ministry lifestyle at 30, 13 years old, um, June 20, June 25th, 2013 was the first day I preached a sermon. I was 13 years old. Wow. So I've technically been in this ministry thing for seven years. And so in those seven years, I have served in, uh, the assistant pastor role, the youth pastor role, tech team, um, the janitor, almost all of it. And from those experiences, I've learned a lot. But the one thing that I wish I would have learned at a younger age was how to operate under a place of honor. Mm. How to still honor those who you may not disagree with. You may not want to be near. <laughs> you may not even want to have a conversation with at that time, but still operate from a place of honor. And I think one of the best people to learn that from was Matthew Stevenson's series, The Honor Code. And he really goes into depth about how to, when you are leaving a place, how to operate in honor and how to carry yourself during those situations. Right. Carry yourself with dignity. But you can't carry yourself with dignity if you don't have anybody modeling that for you. Talk about and it, if man. you if you began serving in church as a 13 year old you're still going through puberty you're in middle school yeah. you're still a boy you're not you're not a grown man by right. any respects by any right. regards so how do you carry yourself with honor when you're constantly being dishonored that's Woo. tough it, it and and that was the big thing for me so um, one of the church hurt situations i've experienced was where um i was i was I was a minister at one of these churches and the person who was supposed to speak didn't show up. And so I was um, technically, according to the list that we had, I was supposed to be next in line. And so mm. I was preparing to, you know, speak that day, you know, and we had, you know, testimony service. I was talking about, you know, God's been so good. You know, I was able to do this on my math test. I'm doing so great. You know, God is just so great protecting me and keeping me. I just asked the saints, pray my strength to the Lord. You know, and then um, the person who the person ended up saying, hey, I think I'll preach today. I was like, OK, no problem. And they ended up just blasting me over the pulpit like 
God doesn't care if you got, you know, A's and B's. He just wants you to be who you are. You know, I may not have a degree, but that'll make you better than me and me better than you and all that other type of stuff basically calling me out over the pulpit. And at that point in moment, I had a choice. Do I just, do I just like sit here and take this or do I leave? Now, at the time, I was 15 years old. So what I decided to do was I'm out. I left. Me and this individual ended up coming back to the situation like a few months later and just re reconciling it. You know what I'm saying? But mm -hmm. at that time, like going back and looking at it, I wish I would have stayed and just had actually no take it back. I stayed there the whole service through the whole service. I said that the whole time throughout the whole service until he ended his message altar call and then dismissal stayed there the whole time i just never went back after that service okay got you so i mean you said, this is my last time i'm not coming back after this yeah yeah like i've seen enough i've i've I, yeah i've seen enough and it was you know and it were there were previous situations that added on top of that you know where i was like man that's crazy that i i that i had to endure that and go through it so that mm -hmm. was one situation. Another situation was a full like months and Josh, you know about the situation. It was it was a few years back, but I've talked to Josh about it yeah, a lot. I know what you're talking about. And like this period was for months. <laughs> for months. Oh. And um that situation I think was the I think for myself I probably handled that the best way I could have. The best way I could have. From what did you do? I. So what I did was so the situation. You know, again, a lot of a lot of things that happen in churches, you get called out over the pulpit for some reason. I don't know why people think that's okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know why people think that the pulpit is your place where you can just cut up people and tear them down. You know, you can just talk any way you want to, you know, and people in church really love sneak dissing. I ain't going to talk about that too much, but they really love that. No, that's real. Gossip really, is real in the church. Oh Talking behind people's backs is real in the church. Oh just because goodness. you know the Bible doesn't mean you follow the Bible. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. So like that's real to, to me. So for me, for during that month long period, it was always like subtle shots at me. I was just like, dang. Like, dang, one day I wore a shirt and they were like, you know, I see your shirt says this, but are you really this? I'm just like, brother, man, brother, man, just, just, just let me be. And so, um, just dealing with that situation and the constant, you know, talking about and all that other type of stuff. And I'm not, here's the thing. Here's the thing that I don't want to do. I don't want to. How, how do I want to say this? Um, I am not going to disrespect this person or tear them down by being like, yo, they did wrong. There was probably some wrong that I did. We just didn't handle it in the best way possible. A big part of dealing with church hurt is understanding, okay, there's a role that we both played in this relationship going south. Whether mm. it was my miscommunication, your assumptions, 
whatever it was, there was something that went wrong over here that should have never happened. So for this particular situation, it was we didn't have a sit down conversation before I recept I accepted the role of serving in ministry there. So we didn't have a pre-conversation of, all right, here's my expectations. Here's what I like to see, like to do. This is what I want all of the people who serve here do. Um, another situation was where it was family and they just had these high aspirations for people, but didn't communicate it. Communication is a big, a big, big thing. But back to the previous situation, um, um, in 2018, 2019 area, um, like the calling out all another type of stuff. I feel as though I look reflecting back on that. I should have done better. Like I should have, how do I should have operated more in honor. And when it comes to that situation, you know, to where mm. like from the, in the end, I ended up operating with honor, but in the beginning I was just like, yo, forget this. I'm done. I, yeah. I ain't, I ain't got to deal with all this. Like, why? why were you offended? What happened? So, Josh, you just want the tea. Goodness I mean, gracious. I don't, I don't want you to put your business on blast, but I want to understand why you felt the way you felt. I felt the way I felt because I didn't hear the same message. So it was the person said, you know, God told me it's time to dismiss you. It's time for you to go. Mm. And I was just like, wait a, wait a minute. What are you talking about? time for me to go and then they brought up how i was um i was coming late to meetings and um, i wasn't responding to text messages and uh, i wasn't answering phone calls and if you know me you know i don't do either of that not even to my mama so <laughs> but you yikes. know so like don't oh, i hate that word yikes Ugh. but anyways um <laughs> that's a good one but anyway so it was like when 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 they said, God is telling me to dismiss you, it's over, my immediate reaction was, what? I ain't even... What do you mean? You got defensive. I did. I, I immediately got defensive. Instead of listening, because I'll tell you not, like 30 minutes earlier, I was like, man, I don't know if this is the right season for me, I think, because I was getting ready to go into college, and I'm like, I don't know what God has next. I don't know what I'm getting ready to do. You know, I don't know what's the next chapter. You know, I just wish God would just make it easier for me. You know, in that moment when they told me that, I was not referring back to that previous conversation. My immediate reaction was, huh? What do you mean? <laughs> so um, they had that conversation. I immediately left that meeting just in, in anger in a way instead of thinking mm. back. Bro, you literally just asked God to make this easy for you. Like, and so. Ooh, so maybe you just don't like the way God is answering your prayer. Come on. Come on. And I think that's sometimes, you know, this may not be everyone's situation, but I think that's sometimes how it is. Sometimes we're mm. praying for God to push us into a new place, to um, put us in, you know, a different light, but we're not seeing this is how God's going to do it. So in that moment, I was just, I was just like, huh? I was just like, what? So anyway, so, um, 
I let, I mean, I finished out my term there until school started. Like when school started, that's when I left. Um, and so during that, you know, period from August to like December, I was in school, but I was also talking to a, a person who has so much great influence on my life. Um, Pastor Brian Williams. And we had a small, like, I don't know, 30 minute discussion through text. And it was like, I was like, Hey, I I just went through the situation this year and I don't really want, I don't, I don't really know if I did anything wrong. I don't really know what to do. And so we went through it all, you know, and he was like, it sounds like a tough situation. And I was like, uh, yeah. (laughs) No, thank you. Captain obvious. (laughs) But he was like, he was like, I think you should reach out and I think you mm-hmm. should have a conversation and try to get to the root of it and try to take care of it to where when you leave that conversation, there is no more questions. There's no more harsh feelings where you both can leave that table saying, OK, this chapter has officially closed. And after having a discussion with him, I was like, brother, man, let me let me just talk to you real quick. Um, I don't think that's going to happen because I don't really want to I don't really want to do that because at the time I'm still immature. I mean, am I mature now? A little bit more, but I'm still a little immature when it comes to certain situations. So mm. it, it takes a man to admit that, though. Ah, yeah, I, I'll tell you this. The whole time, the whole time I was going through the situation, the only people I told were those also involved with it and the people mm. who I went to for advice on life. That's, That's another big thing. Like, you can't just be going around telling everybody your business. Exactly. Say that, Elijah. Like, Talk about it. Like, just because that church is not for you right now, does it mean at one point they were putting into you what you needed to get through that season? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Stevenson talks about he talks about the in the honor code series. He talks about these different types of members. There's your seasonal members, people who come there, get what they need and leave. Then there's then there are your builders who help you continue to build it and maintain it and keep the ministry going. There are different types of people that come to the church and you just have to understand you're not always going to be in that same place for your entire life. I know that's what you've mm-hmm. been told, but sometimes God is going to move you away in ways that you may not even like to say, hey, hey, you it's time for you to it's time for you to move on. Take what they gave you. I can never in all of the ministries that I've been a part of. I've learned something that has literally changed my life and I've experienced wow. something that I wasn't able to experience before. So I, I could I can say that now, you know, before it was mm-hmm. it, I was just operating from a place of nah, forget them. Da, 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 da. And then I got I got corrected. <laughs> I got corrected real fast from the Lord. But anyway, so having that he will com- humble you. Oh, yes, he, he will. will humble you. Oh, yes, he will. He will get you together real quick. So, like I said, I didn't tell anyone what was going on unless you were actually involved in the situation or you were someone I went to counsel for. Because I wanted to make mm. sure I did this the best way possible. Because however I chose to close that chapter was going to impact how I started a new chapter. Say that again. You know, so however I decided to close that one chapter was going to impact how I started the new chapter. 
if I close that previous chapter mm. with anger, angst, and all that other type of stuff, I was going into this new one with a bad perception of a previous ministry, probably some some stone cold stone cold part in my heart, all that other type of stuff. But instead, I had that conversation with the person, the individual, and we talked for like a good 15, 20 minutes. And in the midst of him explaining, you know, why, you know, God was telling him this and all that type of stuff. I just heard so clearly the Lord say, you asked me to do this. Mm. And. In all those months from August to December, seeking the Lord, like, hey, help me. Help me. Jesus, help me. (laughs) Like, literally just calling out saying, Lord, I need you to help me with this because I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't know if I did this wrong or right. In that moment, it was so clear. You asked me to do this. And then in the midst of him talking, Lord took me back to me sitting in that car being like, Lord, I, I just I just need you to make this easy for me. And 10 minutes later, it's like, you're no longer needed here. Mm. And that hurts, man. Not oh, just yeah. as men, but as people. We like to feel needed. Yeah. When someone tells us that we're not needed, that hurts. Yeah. Like you're dismissing me for the work that mm. I did. Because now I'm invested. Yeah. I invested my time. I invested my emotions here. And now you're just dismissing me. Like you don't appreciate all the work I just did. You're just and, getting rid of me. And that's and that's and that's how it felt. But again, like that's why it's so important to be in prayer about everything that happens in your life. Because if you're just going off of your own, you're gonna feel like the whole world is against you. Mm-hmm. You're gonna feel like every church is the same. Just like some people are when it comes to relationships. Everybody is the same. I dated Keese and he reminded me of Marquand. I'm sorry, but those are just the names that came. Those are just the names that came to my head. But like Hey Marquand, I'm sorry about that, bro. I'm I'm so sorry. sorry. But yeah, like that's literally how we feel sometimes. But in that moment, I was just reminded of the Lord saying, Hey, I I took care of this for you. And then that same night. Josh, you remember this. It's actually on my Instagram profile. That same night, me and Josh were charged leading into 2020, leading a prayer. Wow. I never told Josh this, so. But, yeah, that same day that I had that conversation. Wow, it was that same day. That same day. I literally went went to my aunt's house right after and just had to, you know, decompress. I was just like. The Lord literally answered my prayers. And I was like, you know, I'm about to go to this, head to this church service for New Year's Eve. Just chill. Praise the Lord. Thank God that I'm going into a new year. And I mean, it happens that same night. And so I was like, wow, cool. Literally, what, how you close that chapter will impact how that new chapter starts. Exactly. And that's a word on bitterness too. Woo! Say that. Uh, before we before we began, I was researching some biases that I think we can have mm-hmm. when it comes to church hurt. One, like one, is a type of attribution bias when you assume that one bad member of the whole makes the whole bad. Woo! Talk about that, man. You you're a part of the church. 
And the way that you treat me is so hostile, it's so hateful, it's so hypocritical, it's so unfair that all of y'all must be this way. Yeah. I don't want anything to do with church at all because this one person or this one church or these select individuals or churches have hurt me so all churches must be like that. Yep. And honestly, I think the root of that issue is a false doctrine. I think what happens is we trust people to give us the word and they're not actually giving us the word. They're giving us their opinions. Man. And so we've begun to think, wow, that's what church is like. If church is like that, I don't want anything to do with it. There are so many people in America right now. They're influencers, okay? They're celebrities, all right? They're athletes. They're politicians. They're authors. They're role models, right? And they grew up in the church. They grew up in the church, but they do not identify as Christian, okay? Mm-hmm. They're the Beyonce's and Katy Perry's of the world, all right? They're your athletes, all right? They're your authors. They're your favorite actors and actresses on your favorite shows. They grew up in the church, but they're not believers. And if you ask them why, they'll tell you about their experience growing up in the church. They're not going to tell you about the doctrine of the Bible. And I think that's because, honestly, there are more people who want nothing to do with Jesus, not because of Jesus himself, but because of his people. It's not that I read the word of God and something in the Bible really disagreed with me. It really hurt me. Oh, wow. This is how y'all feel about that? Oh, this is how you define sin? Oh, this is how you define love? Oh, this is what Jesus was about? Oh, this is what Christians are about according to the Bible? I don't want nothing to do with that. No, it's not that you read it in a book. It's that you lived it in real life. And honestly, I believe that's because the way that we're acting doesn't line up with the Bible. If church people actually acted like Jesus, I think the church would be the safest place on earth. Yeah. I think the kingdom of God would grow exponentially if we actually acted like Jesus. What happens is the politics of the church, our rules and regulations our legalism, our misinterpretation of the word, or believing a pastor over checking the word ourselves leads us to believe that Christianity is something it was never designed to be. Mm, man. This is what Jesus says, but when I compare that to how y'all are actually living, I'm confused. Which one is it? Mm. So if this is what Christians do, I don't want to be a Christian. Yep. Yep. Y'all are hypocritical. You're going to kick me out the church for this, but you cheated on your wife? Ooh. What? Ooh. What? You you look down on me because of what I'm wearing, but nowhere in the scripture did it say I couldn't wear this? Ooh. Ooh. I don't Ooh. want anything Josh. to do with the church because this is how y'all treat me. Yeah. And you preach love. Jesus is for everybody. Jesus loves you, but you don't actually love me. Mm-hmm. You're telling me Jesus loves me, but I don't see you loving me. Yeah. You're you're preaching about all these problems in the world, but I don't actually see you going out in the world and being about it. When was the last time y'all volunteered? Where's y'all's homeless ministry? You're oh man, it, it's such a tragedy what happened to such and such. We're just going to pray. Man, you know, it we just need to pray about it. No, no go be about go it. Go be about it. 
Get Go off, be about it. Listen, get off your high pedestal. Get out your big chair that sit in front of the choir stand and, and, and go do something. Go right. get out of the four walls. Go flip some tables. Mm-hmm. <laughs> go stop tweeting and start being it. Exactly. Like, oh, come that's on. good. Come that's on, good. man. I'm tired of I'm tired of it. And it, it just puts this bad light on on ministry as a whole because it everything that i've experienced ministry was much more than that all of that that i experienced was a part of the church institution it was never from the church ministry that was supposed to be taking place Mm -hmm. and that's where we need to refocus back on is the fact that the church was meant more than establishing cathedrals than establishing buildings it was meant to establish the kingdom yeah that's what it was here for and what is the kingdom the reign rule and the government of god that's right and that's what we're that's what we are sent here to do that's what we're sent here to be and Mm -hmm. we need to get back focused on that you know and to anyone who's listening who's experienced church hurt whether it was from my experience in actually serving the ministry and um dealing with the 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 result of that or as josh brought up you've been you've been looked down on because what you dress how you look your earrings or your tattoos or whatever i want you to know that jesus is more than that (laughs) jesus is more than just an outfit jesus is more than just a look holiness is more than just a look i ain't gonna touch Mm -hmm. on that but I think we should. Holiness is more than just a oh, look. Yeah, talk about it. <laughs> Holiness is more than that. You know? And so and so it kind of becomes hard because you've experienced so much negativity and so many, you know, hard times. It's like, okay, how do I move on from that? And I think yeah. that's big. I think that's big. How do you move on from experiencing those bad situations how do you move on from the church where they're telling you oh baby you need you need you need some longer clothes baby yeah i can i can see you from up there i shouldn't be seeing you up from up there how do you move on from the bishop saying some people up in here you know basically calling you out for poor pay. how do you how do you move mm-hmm. on from that yeah. my best advice is one like i did i one of the big things that you've heard me and josh say on the show is seek Wise counsel. Counsel. Wise counsel. You cannot do anything without wise counsel. You should not do anything without wise counsel. You should not even think about going somewhere without wise counsel. Period. You need a team of people behind you who are going to say, all right, here's what you do. Here's what I believe to say. Here, I'm going to pray with you about it too. That's what you need. And that's what you should be concerned with and concerned about. <sighs> Man. But to move on, I would recommend prayer. Prayer and counsel. Because with my situation previously, if I wouldn't have prayed and then, you know, went, got counseled, then went back and prayed again. I probably wouldn't have gotten my answer. 
if I would have just left and be like, all right, I'm going here. I ain't even going to talk to nobody. I ain't going to talk to the Lord. I'm going to just do this. That's where we mess up. And we just all willy-nilly moving around, just placing ourselves anywhere and everywhere. That's not how you're supposed to do it. You need to be in prayer. I wanted, I posted this the other day, and I said one of my biggest regrets um, with 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 previous history was, and Brian Pastor Brian Williams had this talk with me when I was like, I think I was eighteen years old, and I went to Hope City for the first time, you know, and he was like, "Man, if you ain't got prayer, you ain't got nothing." I mean, you you preach, and you can probably preach good. But if you ain't got prayer, your preaching ain't worth it. You ain't got nothing. Right. And so I was like, yeah, man, I'm praying. I'm praying. But I wasn't really praying, praying like how mm. how I should. And I think, man, I just wish I, I I mean, I know I said we don't have no regrets, but I do wish every chance I get, as Lecrae says, <laughs> you know, and I think that. If if I would have been in prayer, I would have kept myself from going into so many different situations, mm. you know. But yeah, that's, yeah. Go ahead, Josh. I'm I'm just thinking about what you said. If I would have prayed, I would be in a better I'd be in a better spot. Yeah, regret is regret is real. Like wishing you you did things differently, but we don't we don't hold remorse over that now. In the present, we move forward. We learn from our mistakes. I think there are a lot of broken relationships because of church hurt. Mm, People who don't talk to each other anymore. People who used to be like brother and sister. Brothers, sisters. Maybe even husband, wife who just don't talk to each other anymore because of church hurt. Families torn apart. Relationships shattered. And it's, it's been years. And God can restore those relationships. God can redeem time, but God's not going to take you back in time. The years that you spent apart are gone, for real. And like I mentioned earlier, there is a gap oftentimes between what the Bible teaches and what the church teaches. Mm. But mm. one thing that's consistent is reconciling. Yeah. You got to reckon. Now, not all broken relationships get restored to how they used to be. Maybe they're not supposed to be how they used to be. God God is a perfect restorer. You're not going to be friends and, and close with everyone that you used to be necessarily. But if there is a bitterness, if there is offense in your heart due to something that happened in the church, it's God's will to remove that. God's house should be a place of harmony. It should be a place of unity. It should be a place of togetherness, not of division. And that's not my opinion. That's Bible. In the book of Acts, chapter 2, God releases the Holy Spirit. He pours out his spirit on all people. Now, not not everyone was filled with the Holy Spirit that day. That day is called the the day of Pentecost. But that is the day that the the disciples were, were filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And Peter began to minister to the crowd. He says in verse 33 of Acts chapter 2, talking about Jesus. He is exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the Father, as he had promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us, just as you see in here today. Yeah. Fast forward. Fast forward to verse 38. 
Peter says, each of you must repent of your sins, repent of your sins, repent of your sins, repent of your sins, and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. And then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. And those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. All right, so that's the start of the church right there. The Holy Spirit is poured out. Now we're filled with the Holy Spirit. And because we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we have a common bond. We share something in common. The thing that we share in common is the Holy Spirit. That, that's what unites us. Not our denomination, not our background, not our race, not our class, not our gender, not our experiences, but the Holy Spirit. That is what joins all of us together, okay? So verse 41, Acts chapter 2, we got the start of the church. Verse 42, check this out. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. Yep. So the church is a community. There, there is probably there probably was not a building available on the day of Pentecost that housed all three thousand of these people at one time. And today, it is ill-advised that you house three thousand people together all at one time because we're in the midst of a pandemic. So clearly, what the Bible is not saying is they all lived in the same house under the same roof and they all cooked one big meal and ate that together. What the Bible is saying here in Acts chapter 2 is that the people of God were a community that they shared together, all right? So the body of Christ is supposed to be one. There's supposed to be unity in the body of Christ, not division. And what happens when we're church hurt is there's division. Philippians 2 verse 1, Paul says, Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ, any comfort from his love, any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Ooh. Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other. Agree with each other. Love one another. Work together with one mind and one purpose. Philippians yeah. 2 verses 1 and 2. We got one purpose, y'all. And that one purpose is to glorify the name of Jesus. That one purpose is to make his name famous. And a lot of times we get distracted from that purpose because we've been offended by other people that are supposed to be our teammates. Wow. We're supposed to be working together, but we're working apart. You know, I think I think we touched on this a little bit in our episode on social injustice. Mm -hmm. But real, I'll, I'll say this real quick. There's a story in the book of Judges. God calls this man, Gideon, to lead the Israelites in battle against the Midianites. Now, Gideon is a nobody. The Israelites are outnumbered. But what God does is turn the Midianites against each other, and the Midianites fight themselves. Israel didn't even have to fight. The Midianites fought themselves, and Israel won the battle. God was present at that battle, but, bro, the devil was present at that battle, too. So the enemy... Like, the enemy is not really an inventor. He doesn't invent anything. He just perverts everything that already exists. Yeah. So the enemy 
wants to take a trick out of God's book, so to speak. Okay, so what you do is turn your enemies on each other and they fight. All right? Well, the devil is our enemy. We're his enemy. We represent the kingdom of light. He represents the kingdom of darkness. So here's what he wants to do. He knows that if we're a united front, we're going to win. So he wants to divide and conquer. Steal, kill, and destroy. You know what he steals? He steals our unity. But we allow him to do that. Hey, don't, don't fight evil. You're Pentecostal. You're Baptist. You're, you're offended. You, you've been offended by the church. Y'all have a disagreement with one another. Just fight each other. Bicker amongst yourselves. Because if you're fighting each other, you're not going to fight me. You're already expending your energy disagreeing with the people who are supposed to be your teammates. So you're not going to come together and tackle evil. You're not going to come together and work in your community. You're not going to come together and serve homeless men and women. You're not going to come together and teach children how to pray because you're too busy arguing against yourselves, among yourselves. And that division is not from God, bro, but it is real. So what are we going to do about it? Because church hurt is real. People have really been hurt by the church. Like I said, I haven't necessarily been hurt by the church, but I have denied Jesus among my friends because being the church boy was not attractive. Being the church boy was not fun. It didn't get me recognition. It didn't get me respect. It sure didn't get me more friends. It sure didn't make me likable or popular. But yeah, the first thing you need to do is give that offense to God. Yeah. But my my practical advice, my practical advice for you, and I, unfortunately, a lot of church people don't like to do this, and I'm not throwing shade at anyone, but you got to know God for yourself. Don't let other people define who God is for you. Ooh, say let that. God speak for himself. There's, there's an attribution error. I told you I was researching. It's called the group attribution error. It is the, the biased belief that the characteristics of an individual group member are reflective of the group as a whole or the tendency to assume that group decision outcomes reflect the preferences of all the group members. Right. So I think what we do a lot of times is let one person or one group of people define God for us. China and McLean actually put a video out on on Instagram earlier this week talking about this. I highly recommend you look it up. It's on China and McLean's IGTV. And she says, let God speak for himself. No one can tell you who God is better than he can tell you for himself. Woo. Talk about that, man. So what you got to do, if, you're, if your church hurt, go, yeah, go straight to God about that. Read your Bible. Because I guarantee you, if someone, if someone has hurt you for an illegitimate reason, it's hurting Jesus too. There, there, there can be a very big gap because we're humans, because we're flawed between what, what God wants for us and what we think the church wants for us. Because we're people, because we're bound to get it wrong. So you got to know God for yourself. Get in your word. Read that Acts chapter 2 and read that Philippians chapter 2 and then tell me, is the common bond that they're talking about in these scriptures reflective of the common bond in your church? Mm -hmm. Because what if it's not? What if it's not? Sometimes God is going to highlight a new church for you. Other times, maybe he's going to use you as one of many people who are going to shine a light in that church.
Yeah. Because we really, we really do need all the people of God to be living like Jesus. And if we are, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, there will be revival. Woo, man. There will be. There, there is a revival coming. If you are under the sound of Elijah's voice or my voice right now and you are listening to this podcast, I need you to know there is revival coming. Jesus is coming back. And when Jesus returns, he's coming as a bridegroom for his bride, the church. Are you part of it or not? He's coming back for his people. Are you one of his people or not? Jesus is coming back. He is. And when he comes back, he's going to find his people. He's coming back for the elected body of Christ. How many people are going to be in that body? Open up the doors because there are people who, if Jesus came back today, would not be safe. Who would spend eternity separated from him. And there is nothing more tragic than that. So, yeah, get on your knees, but also open your Bible and open your mind, open your heart, open your ears to conversations with people. Because you could be hurting someone else in the church and not know it. There, there are officials, there are pastors, elders, deacons, deaconesses, just church members who are hurting God's children and don't even know it. There are people who walk past you in your church who are hurting bleeding in silence and you didn't even know but god hears the unspoken prayer request too so let's pray for unity in the church yeah because when jesus comes back that's what he wants to see yep and and and, and that's real man and that's real and and if we be honest, if we all took that perspective of unity and um, of understanding the power of us as a collective unit in the church, we would not necessarily have these big issues in which we need to have a conversational church hurt. Mm. Because everyone would understand their role as a community. And I know a lot of churches are, you know, building that, you know, we have a community here, community here. I mean, we have to actually not use that as a marketing tactic, but actually be about building community. Yeah, and that's easier said than done. Oh, man, it's easier said than done. But I think, again, like to anyone who has experienced this in any way, shape, or form that you can, I encourage you to reach out to the Father. And say, because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, the reason... You, you, you need to be connected to a local assembly um, and get that connection. And it doesn't necessarily have to be inside of the four walls. A local assembly could be you and your family. A local assembly mm -hmm. could be, you know, a small group that you connect with every week. Yeah. But you need to be consistently around people. And I know it's hard during the COVID era, but you could do that over Zoom. You could do that over FaceTime. You know, you could do mm -hmm. it over live stream. But it's important that you surround yourself with people who you know will consistently be there for you and uplift you. And yeah. yeah. Every everybody needs community, man. Yeah. And I think especially during the the pandemic, a lot of people have been suffering from loneliness. Mhm. Mm from not having that community. What a tragedy it would be to have a church and have people just outside, the, literally, literally just outside the church, right across the street, in your own community, 
suffering and loneliness. You got this you got this building, you got this group of people all talking about love and unity and somebody is feeling unloved right now. They right. don't look like you, they don't think like you, they don't act like you. They don't have the same experience as you, but they do have the same creator as you. And mm -hmm. simply because they are a person, they need community, they need love. They need to see Jesus. But you know, based on their experience, maybe based on their church hurt, they're not going to open a Bible. You you are going to be the first Bible they ever Woo! read. Say that, Josh. And if they, if they read your Bible, and your Bible is love thy neighbor if they look like you. Mm. Love your neighbor as yourself if you like them. If your Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son for all church people, that whoever believes in him in the church shall have eternal life. And they don't fit that description. And they don't like what your Bible is saying. They're not going to open a Bible for themselves. Because they've already made up their minds about who God is based on what you did. And I'm not saying this because there's a pressure on you, but there is a responsibility on you. If you are in Christ, it is your honor. It is your privilege, but it is also your responsibility to represent Christ. You are Christ's ambassador. You are the light of the world. So shine your light bright. Ask God to check your heart. Man, are there some biases that I'm dealing with? Could I be the reason that someone else is experiencing church hurt? Am I actually living like Jesus? Ask yourself these questions because there is somebody who needs to see the Jesus in you because they're not going to see it another place. And I'm not saying that um, like to make you feel like a superhero. Like The world needs a hero. You are that hero. If you don't act right now, nobody will. They're going to die and it's going to be all your fault. No, that, that's not what, please don't, please don't hear me saying that. What I am saying is that you are unique. You are special, you are powerful, and you have the power to represent Jesus because of the Holy Spirit living in you. You can use that power for good, or you can use that power to hurt someone. What are you going to do with it? Ask yourself that question. And if you are willing, if you make yourself available to God, I guarantee you, he will use you for his glory. The church is going to get bigger. The body of Christ is going to get bigger. More people are going to come to Jesus. There is going to be a revival. Do you want to be a part of it? Mm. Because you're either going to be part of the problem or the solution. Man. Which one? Take your pick. The choice is yours. Whew. That's good, Josh. That's good. Huh. Do you got a word of the day today? I do have a word of the day, bro. I am so glad you asked. The word of the day, you might, you might have heard of this one before. Um, the word of the day today is homogenous what yes have you have you heard of the word homogenous yeah i'm just trying to figure out how i'm gonna preach about it yeah bro i i have i told you the words the words have to get more difficult okay they have to okay hit me with it homogenous means composed of parts or elements that are all of the same kind mm. of the same kind or nature essentially alike Okay, can you use that in a sentence? Yes. The church is a homogenous population of people. Mm, mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We, are, we are different, 
because of our background. We are different because of our experiences. We are different because of some of our non-essential opinions. But we all share the common bond of the Holy Spirit. And that makes us homogenous. We are all God's children. We are all Christ's disciples. We are all filled with the Holy Spirit. Different gifts, different callings, different anointings, same spirit, same baptism, same God. Therefore, we are homogenous. Um, praise the Lord, everyone. My name is the Bishop um, Samaj Jenkins. And <laughs> from I am the Church of Conversation. From and I am the guest speaker today at the Church of Conversation. Um, your general bishop could not be here today as he is still on vacation, but we still thank the Lord. Um, I just want you to turn with me real quickly to the first book of Trilations, chapter seven. <laughs> what? And and the, the the subject of today is. The subject of today is don't try me. Ah, <laughs> amen. Come on, somebody. Look at your neighbor and say real quickly, real quickly. We don't got enough time. Just say real quickly. Don't say it to your neighbor. Don't. 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 Try. Try. Me. Me. This better relate to our module. Ah, yes. It, say, it says don't try me. The great um, prophet Toby Inigwe wrote a song, and it, it simply went like this. Try Jesus, but don't try mm -hmm. me. Um, and, 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 and the reason why I wanted to pick that subject up today is because some of y'all mm -hmm, have been trying people. Uh -huh. And you haven't looked at the fact that you may fit into this big word. Josh, can you say the word for me? Homogenous. Uh-huh. And so as a function of the church, you are supposed to be, Josh, say it. Homogenous. But you keep trying people even though you Ooh. still fit in the same category. You think right, that you nice are better, uh-huh, because you got a title in front of your name. Come on, somebody. You think you mm. are better because you sit in front of the whole congregation. I think the think not. Uh-huh. See, I'm, 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 I'm from the south side of the kingdom, and here at Southside Kingdom Pentecost Churches Baptist of the World, we don't play no games. You hear me? We don't play no games. We don't play all day, every day, no sleep, 24, 7, 365. We don't play. Uh, this, yeah, this pastor. And so I just, I just want to enlighten you. And I'm and, and and they're standing, they're standing on the importance of treasuring that say the word, Josh. Homogenous. You need to treasure the people around you. Mm -hmm. You need to treat them with respect. And you need to understand that just because you may have a title, a name, an opinion, that you are no better than them. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. You are on <laughs> the glorious level. You are all trying to do your best to get it right. So don't treat that person next to you like they ain't doing it. Like they ain't got it. And they're all standing. We're all standing. Rest on your feet. I just want you to know today that you've got it. You have it in you. Don't try nobody or you might catch that fade. 
<laughs> Stay in your lane. Stop we'll swerving. Knock you out for the Lord. Because I will. Maybe not Josh, but I will knock you out for the Lord. Ah, <laughs> uh, amen. We're all resting, resting on our feet, resting on your feet. I see you. Praise the Lord. Was it, was, it was such an honor to be here today at the Church of Conversation. You will not be back at this church. <laughs> My name is again Bishop Samaj Jenkins of the Southside <laughs> Kingdom Baptist Pentecostal no, Churches of Christ. South, south like under the earth. South. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. <laughs> All right, Josh. Listen, this has been fun. This has been episode nine of the conversation with Josh and Elijah. And Elijah. Josh, any lasting thoughts for the people? Just one. Mm -hmm. Always remember that a conversation begins and ends with an open ear. Stay encouraged, y'all. All right, peace. Stay tuned. Episodes 10 coming out. Let's go. Peace.